1: Coming up next is one of my all-time favorite guests and the top 50 LPGA instructor, Debbie O'Connell. Before I get to Debbie, I was talking with Eddie Dry, VP of Domestic Sales for Strixon Cleveland Golf at the PGA Merchandise Show earlier this year, and I said, Eddie, I like your CBX full-face wedges. How can they help an average player like me play better? Here's what he had to say. An average player, I use one, and I'm in some lies that you can't even believe. And... I need all the help I can get, and the face is bigger, and the grooves go all the way up and all the way out to the toe. So if I, you hit it on the toe, you miss it, bam, there's a groove. So I like that. So I carry a 58. There you have it, folks. Try the new CBX full-face wedges from Cleveland Golf. I want to tell you about something else I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show, and that's me and my golf. And how does a 45-day free trial to Arco sound? Well, me and my golf have partnered with Arcos and are offering 14 free sensors and a 45-day free trial to Arcos Caddy when you purchase any training aid on shop.meandmygolf.com. This is a limited-time offer, so don't miss out. Again, go online to shop.meandmygolf.com. With many years in the business, menswear brand Construct has finally launched its Green Golf Collection. Sustainably produced using renewable solar energy and recycled fabrics. Hit your best shot in their performance enhancing polos, quarter zips, and bottoms. Made with four way stretch, quick dry, and UV 50 plus protection. From solids to bold, eye catching designs, Construct Green is the perfect piece for making the best memories on the greens. And the best part? You can head to construct.com, and that's c o n x s t r u c t.com. And use code CHRIS for 20% off the green collection today. Okay, now back in Next On The Tee with me, and I'm humbled to say this for the 12th time, is not only one of my all-time favorite guests, but also one of my favorite people anywhere on the planet, and that's Debbie O'Connell. Let me remind you about Debbie's background. She is an LPGA Class A teaching professional and a Top 50 LPGA instructor. In 2002, she was named both the LPGA National Professional of the Year and the LPGA Southeast Section Professional of the Year. In 2004, her high school alma mater, Ridgeway High Up in New Jersey, inducted her into their Athletic Hall of Fame. In 2007, she won the inaugural Nancy Lopez Golf Achievement Award, which is given annually to the person who emulates the qualities valued by Nancy, which are leadership, passion, giving, and approachability. She has been recognized by Golf Digest as one of the top 50 best women teachers in America. In 2016, she was named the Northeast Section Teacher of the Year. She's also a media pro, having been featured in Ladies Links for Golf Magazine and on LPGA.com. She hosted her own show, the Debbie O'Connell Radio Show, for a decade and the Par for the Course TV show as well. Debbie is the founder of Golf Positive, which offers multimedia golf tips and articles to enhance both your golf game and your life. She's written a book titled Golf Positive, Live Positive, Lessons in Golf and Life, which you can find out on Amazon or you can listen to on Audible. And I'm very excited. She is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Debbie, how are you, my friend?
0: I am fantastic. And I'm so excited to be here with you again, Chris. You're You're so great as the host. You make it easy to be a guest on your show. And I thank you so much for that wonderful introduction.
1: I appreciate you so much. Debbie, we are here on the heels of Father's Day. So I got to ask you, how's your dad doing?
0: Oh, my dad is doing great. He just turned 90 years old. God uh, bless him. He got through falling and breaking his hip on January 23rd. As a matter of fact, I was in Florida heading up to the PGA show when I got the call. So I said, Mom, I'm on my way. So I flew home that night and It was uh, actually we spent a lot of time together because my parents moved into my home, which was more conducive to his rehab for seven weeks. And, you know, it was tough. It was challenging for my dad. It was ups and downs. And we had those challenges. And at the same time, Chris, the quality time we spent together is so meaningful and special to me. I wouldn't replace it for the world. Now, my dad may not feel the same way because he's the one who was in all the pain. But, <laughs> but I tell you, it was, it was actually really special.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. And Thank God you for
0: asking. It. Thank you.
1: Debbie, not all that long ago, you got to spend time with another great person, Kathy Whitworth, who we lost uh, not that long ago. But um, I got to ask, what was it like uh, getting to spend some time with her?
0: Kathy is, or was, I guess, so humble. Uh, It was, it was so neat being in her company because here's a woman who had more wins than anyone on the LPGA tour. And when I would bring that up and ask her about it, she said, Oh my gosh, no, Mickey Wright was really the best. She just stopped playing sooner. And there's many others who were really better players. And so I asked her what her secret was. I said, you know, how did you win so much? And she laughed because many of the announcers would say, you know, Kathy has ice in her veins as she's coming down the stretch and, you know, she's cool as a cucumber. She said, you know, I probably did look like that on the outside, but if they turned me inside out, you wouldn't believe how nervous I was. I was shaking all over. I was incredibly nervous every time coming down the stretch of a tournament. So what she portrayed out there was this calm confidence, you know, and, and as a matter of fact, Chris, just a a little story from that. When I was growing up watching golf on TV, I developed a belief that if you got nervous, you couldn't succeed in sports because I would watch the wide world of sports every Saturday. And I'd watch golf and tennis and all these sports. And anytime the athlete succeeded in a pressure situation, they said exactly what they said about Kathy. They have ice in their veins. nothing bothers them. And then, all of a sudden, they fail in a situation, the nerves got to them. And I used to think, oh my gosh, I'm you know, I get nervous, so how can I ever succeed in sports? and it it impacted me for a long time till I realized, oh okay, this is just being excited for the moment, and it's way different. and I've done so much work on mindset because I had struggled with that. so uh, I lo- I heard that from Kathy which was my first inclination that said, oh, you can be nervous and still succeed in sports. So every one of you who feels the first tee jitters, you start feeling the pressure coming down the stretch when you're playing well, it's okay. You can still do it.
1: You got to spend time with another LPGA legend not that long ago as well, and Annika Sorenstam. That had to be a huge thrill to be around Annika. Talk about what it was like getting to spend time with a more recent LPGA legend?
0: Well, Annika is the best of the best, a champion in everything she does. It's to the max. She cares. She gives her best effort. And it was such a privilege for me to be invited to one of her tournaments that she runs this tournament series. And uh, she wanted me to speak because she heard me speak at an LPGA. Actually, it was a PGA show breakfast for leaders in women's golf and we wanted them to understand and learn what we do at the LPGA Leadership Academy which is that's where we t- bring in teenage girls and in 2 days Chris we transform them we empower them we help help them learn leadership skills they literally leave different people walking out their door with their chest out their shoulders back their chins up high and a big smile on their face completely filled with confidence and so I did a short presentation on that and right and Annika was there cuz she's our ambassador and right after her husband came up to me and said, hey, you know, Anika and I talked and we'd love for you to come to one of our events and speak to all the players because they can all use this, this how to take charge of your state, how to get confident because they feel so much pressure because this is high level junior golf playing in Anika's series. And I, uh, I, was, I was delighted, you know, what an honor to be asked to do that. So I got to spend some more time with uh, the family actually, and then I also had her on uh, a, a, a live Facebook show that I do, and and the kids were there, and it was really fun. She's such a great mom, and I love that she's playing. I love that she's playing, but being there watching her in action with this event and talking to all the girls, she cares so much. I mean, she was just a champion of champions for sure, and everything she did, and what what the reason she retired before she set the record on the LPGA tour and beat Kathy Whitworth was because she found herself not able to focus only on golf, you know, and especially when, you know, she wanted the family, she had having kids, but she was also had businesses. And she said, I, I I was always able to practice and be 100% focused in the moment. And every shot was important, whether I was practicing or on the course practicing, or, you know, just warming up for a tournament. She was always in the moment. And she explained when she was practicing a few days in a row in a week, she would all of a sudden start thinking about her other obligations and the other businesses. And she was questioning herself, like, what's going on? I've never done this before. And so that was, I think, led into part of her decision to retire. But an amazing woman and, and her family is just so incredible. Uh, it's fun to be around them.
1: You recently wrote an article titled Mind Over Pars, How to Boost Your Mental and Emotional Resilience on the Golf Course. Talk about the tips you provided in that article to build our mental and emotional resilience when we're playing the game.
0: Well, it's emotions that are the key out there because when you can control them, you can also get into a better peak state of mind and mental focus for the game. You know, I, I think everyone who plays the game would agree Golf is truly a mental game. And if you improve your mental game, every part of the game can improve. You know, we can take lessons on putting, right? We can take it on chipping or the bunker, the full swing, the playing lessons, every single part. And in one shift of a mindset, all of it improves, (laughs) which is so great. Because when you step up to every shot with confidence, with that belief, when you can step behind, Shot and visualize it and see it just the way you want to and believe that you can do it, and then step into that play box and allow it to happen. It is incredibly powerful. And the way I explain the think box and the play box is you know, that's where you do all your planning, right? And then you do your practice swing, you decide on the shot, you visualize it and plan it like it means the world. And then when you step into that play box, now there's no more thinking and you truly need to swing like you don't care. And what I mean by that is. The outcome can't matter anymore. You've already set the intention. You have your brain in motion. Your unconscious mind knows exactly what you want to do. And so let it. Now get out of the way, swing, and wherever it goes, it goes, go find it again. But keeping those emotions in check, you know, I I really believe in using your body, right? Standing and walking in a confident way because the studies have been done that we know when you stand in a certain way, you can create confidence, or if you have your head down, your shoulders slump. You can get more stressful. You can raise your level of cortisol and lose confidence. So taking charge of that state, taking charge of your thoughts. You know, a great example is that is Amy Bacherstedt. If if your listeners haven't seen it yet, they want to look up Amy Bacherstedt, uh golf or PGA wastewater management event, or or her with Gary Woodland, you know, any of those, will you'll find it where Gary Woodland surprises her. And she is saying, I've got this. So just quickly on that, where Amy got up there and, and she kept saying, I've got this, I can do this. She's on the 16th hole in Phoenix, Arizona at the wastewater. I mean, not wastewater, the, the, um, what, what is the name of the tournament? I keep saying wastewater. It's not wastewater. waste management, waste management, waste management event. And the stands, it's grandstands all around. It's half filled with people. Think of it. You know, some of your listeners would be like, oh my gosh, look at all these people. Okay, don't embarrass yourself. Just swing, get it in the air, make contact, right? right. Get nervous. Amy looked up there and was like, oh my gosh, they love me. She felt the support. So she hits her tee shot in this par three, goes in the green side bunker and didn't phase her at all. So your post shot reaction, everyone is key. You know, you, you want to have, you know, a thought of, oh, that's interesting. If it doesn't go where you want to, or be neutral, you know, you can be a commentator. Okay. It went over to, over to the trees, but you know what, I'm going to get the next one out because you don't want those spikes of stress and adrenaline and negative thoughts and negative emotions, because that will impact your next shot. So Amy hits it in the green side bunker. She hit it solidly. Gary's so impressed. That's awesome. She's walking down the fairway. They're cheering for her. She's waving, saying, they love me. This is amazing. And she, then she walks up. Gary says, you want to hit the shot out of the bunker? She said, yes. And then you hear her saying to herself, I've got this. I can do this. I can do this. I've got this. She kept repeating that. She steps in the bunker, knocks it out 10 feet from the hole. Crowd goes crazy. Gary's like, you're awesome. You're awesome. Oh my gosh. He is so excited. So then they, she walks up to the green and he says, you're going to make this. She said, yes. Like just that confidence. Yes. And he says, all right, a little right to left. You got this. She says, I got this. And then she kept saying again, I've got this. I can do this. You hear her Cause the PGA had a microphone on her. She steps up to that 10 footer. She strokes it, breaks a little right to left. And in the cup. The crowd goes crazy. She pars the 16th hole. Gary's going crazy. It was just such an incredible moment. And, and from there, and this is all answering your question for that emotional state and the mindset. Cause later that year, Gary Woodland was in the final round of the U S open with the lead. He'd never won a major. And you know what he did that, that last day? He kept saying. I've got this. I can do this. He credited that last day and getting through where you felt, where he felt nervous, where he might have been feeling the pressure. He just kept saying, I can do this. And he credited Amy with that. What's so cool for me and that whole story, Chris, is Amy was in one of our LPGA leadership academies in Phoenix, Arizona, 2016. And that's where she learned it. Wow. And I, and I was blessed enough to be the lead professional and taught her those words as I was teaching everyone in the class to take charge of your thoughts because your thoughts influence your emotions. And when you can get your body language strong and you can get your thoughts in a positive way and and speak positivity, speak believing in yourself while you're playing, that will enhance it. And then add to that some gratitude. So if anyone has that feeling in their gut, like this round is going poorly, go to gratitude. You'll release the stress and. And you'll relax again because your muscles work better when they're relaxed. So you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. Studies, so much research has been done on that. So go to gratitude as well. And of course, those deep breaths, right? (laughs) Those deep breaths really help us through those situations. So uh, I know long story on all of that, but I think Amy's story really explains so much. Yes. Taking charge of your emotional state.
1: That's awesome. So I want to take two things that you said there a little bit further. So let's talk about negative thoughts, because something I know that I keep falling prey to last week, I'm playing with my buddies and on the back nine, I I parred the first seven holes in a row. And I'm starting to think to myself, you know, I could shoot even par here on the back nine and two holes left. And then of course I, I doubled both of them. So how can we stay in the present moment and resist the temptation to kind of get ahead of ourselves.
0: (laughs) That takes some practice. You hear almost every golf professional, when you ever ask them, what's the key? They say, stay in the moment, one shot at a time. And it truly takes some practice. And it's almost like catching those thoughts. And I've been in that situation where your brain wants to go ahead. And and obviously we don't want to. Thinking about score while you're playing is the absolute worst thing you can think about because it puts pressure on you, right? Now, all of a sudden you're thinking about score, but that's not how you had the first seven pars, right? That's not how you did it. You, you were in your process. I bet you did a great pre-shot routine and you were just in the moment and hitting shots and hitting shots and hitting shots. So you wanna repeat the process, not try to create and make an outcome, nor force an outcome. So we want to definitely, like I've read a book called The Present by Spencer Johnson, nothing to do with golf, but all about being in the present moment. It's a gift you give yourself. And Chris, when I was in one of those situations at an LPGA Southeast section event, shooting my best round, and actually it ended end up being low score of the day, I kept saying to myself, I had just read the book like a couple of weeks earlier. And I just said to myself, stay in the present moment, this shot and, and be a commentator. Okay, if you, can, if you go ahead, bring yourself back by saying, okay, I am stepping on hole number eight T right now got my driver in my hand, so bring it back. You can take some deep breaths and literally feel the breath in your body. It will bring you into the moment. So those are two things you can do. Be a commentator and announce in your brain exactly what you're doing and taking deep breaths and feel your body. If you feel your body, you're in the present moment. And that's like being in flow state. You know, When when you hear golfers talk about being in the zone or being in flow state, they are so engrossed in the moment and that is a key to success and tiger tiger in some interviews talked about when he hit some of his best shots in the most highly pressured situations he said he doesn't actually remember hitting the shot he said i remember pulling the club out of bag, the bag and i remember watching it fly to the target but i don't remember what happened in between consciously. So that is the ultimate flow state. Basically his conscious mind shut off and his unconscious mind took over where all the training is. And if we could literally get to that flow state more, we will play to our ability. So wherever anybody's ability is, Tiger happens to be one of the best. So when he's in flow state, he's playing, you know, just like avatar golf, (laughs) right? Like it's, (laughs) it's godly. It's worldly. It's from the universe. You know, that's what it seems like. And that's where some of these best players in the world, when they can get out of their way mentally, but we all can get in flow state and play to our ability, whatever we've trained. And that's why I. That's what I'm really focused on now. And I recently wrote a book about the seven principles of lowering your handicap with flow state golf and how to help people get into it. We can't force it. We can't say, okay, I'm going to be in flow state today because it's flow. <laughs> I mean, flow is flow and yet have, you have to do certain things to welcome flow and, and give yourself a chance to get in flow. And there's different states like that is the ultimate peak flow state is what I describe with tiger. But when you were in your first seven holes, par after par after par, you were in a form of flow state because you were in the moment right for every swing that you were taking
1: we also mentioned a moment ago negative self-talk and gratitude and so many of us after our round we'll, we'll go we'll pull out the scorecard and we tend to gravitate to the holes. man if i hadn't three putted 12 or if i didn't hit it in the water on 15 and instead of looking at the birdie that we made on 11 or the great par save we may have made on 18. talk about the inner critic and the cause and effect concept
0: huh. I was recently at a clinic and I was teaching and it, it was, I, I actually forced everyone to celebrate the success <laughs> and was something I do at the leadership Academy. And I, and I helped teach people to celebrate themselves that what we did was we put our hands in the air and I do it after every girl's golf program. And I, and I, today it was executive women where I was, where I was doing my clinic. And I said, put your hands in the air for a moment. You need to celebrate. You all did so great. I said, repeat after me. I am in the habit of achieving my goals. Yes. And they used to see in the smiles, the energy. I said to them exactly what you just said. You have this inner critic, don't you? That finds more things that you do wrong and you forget to celebrate what you do well. And they're all looking at me like, oh my gosh, how'd you know that? <laughs> because it's just like our human nature. You go to the 19th hole in golf and that's all you hear about all the sad stories. Now, occasionally it's pretty funny. You know, you hit the tree and it went over your head and you're laughing at it. That's a different, that's a different scenario when you're kind of giggling at it. But when it's, oh man, if I had only done, you know, that three putt. So that, that is the, for some reason, the tendency for people. And I think a lot of it goes back to our beliefs. We don't always feel worthy enough, or maybe we learned that it's cocky to talk about your successes right? Rather than going there at, can you imagine the 19th hole, right? You're like, oh my God, that birdie I made. Hey guys, do you remember that birdie I made? And that, you know, it was like a 22 footer went up and around. That was so exciting. Yeah, you know, wouldn't that be fun to talk about as well, rather than the three putts? Because the more you talk about it, the more it's embedded. And if you are truly trying to improve your game, you want to talk about the things you're doing well. I have my uh, my students and, and clients, because I work a lot just on mental game with people, create a ringer score. And it's, it's like a possibility scorecard. And what you do is it, there's a course you play over and over. You take a scorecard home and you put the best score down that you had on each hole individually. So if one round you made a birdie on the first hole and that's the best you've ever made on that hole, that's your score on that hole. If hole two, it was a par, You know, so one round, you might've made a double there, but then the next time you played, you made a par. So you change it and you make a par and it's your best score in every hole and just keep adding it up. And that's what is possible. So you want to look at that scorecard and say, I've done this. This is what I've done. And continue to remember those holes that you played so well and now create this round that is your best round of golf. And you've done all the shots. So you could literally then imagine it and replay that. It's the same as talking positively to yourself. We want, we, we basically have four voices in our head. We have an inner critic, an inner child, we have our ego, and then we have our intuition. And the goal is to have your intuition be your loudest voice. That's the voice that says, hey, bring the umbrella. And you just, you're like, what? I've just looked at the weather. It says sunny all day. And then it's five o'clock. You're thinking, man, something told me I should bring my umbrella. (laughs) Well, that's that intuition. And if that could guide us around the golf course, that would be great. And we need to quiet down those other ones. And I, I create meditations about that, about your inner voices and quieting that inner critic because you don't deserve it either. So many people think and say things to themselves that they would never say to anyone else. So try to be your own best cheerleader out there and then check in with, why? Why don't you just say thank you when someone compliments you? Because there's a lot of people. I I heard it in a in a clinic recently with executive women. Someone's come. Oh well, no, but this person did. Blah blah blah. And I said, you know, you deserve just to say thank you and accept that compliment. And we do, we do accept those. Be positive with yourself. Be your cheerleader. It's important.
1: That's awesome. Debbie, something else many of us do is each year we, we, we try to buy a better game. Every year, new clubs come out. And boy, that marketing sounds great. And you wrote an article about some questions that we should ask ourselves before we pull out our credit cards. Talk about the things we should go through and, and, and ask ourselves before we try to go out and buy a better game.
0: Well, the one thing I, I like to tell people all the time is to... You know when you go if you're going for a club fitting, I do encourage club fittings. Get with a professional club fitter and bring your clubs, and you know hit swing your clubs, and also swing the new clubs and compare. Because I actually was with someone they did a club fitting and there were certain clubs like I don't know it was the it was the driver or it was the five wood but they hit theirs better, or it was this whole set of woods but they were they compared and. They were all ready to buy the new set of clubs, but when they really compared, because their clubs weren't that old anyway, they were just a couple of years old, but they wanted the new latest and greatest, and they're like, "Hey, wait, I still hit these better <laughs> than the latest and greatest." So a club fitting is absolutely uh, crucial to that, I'd say. And I'd also look at you know, uh, you know where you go and make sure you get a recommendation. Because you don't want to just go into any store with anyone. I think you want to make sure it's a reputable store. Ask your, your friends, ask your pro, where do you recommend I go for a club fitting? So get some tutelage on that for sure. You know, it's kind of like you, if you're looking for a specialist for a doctor, you, wanna, you want someone who's either knows them or been to them or your doctor highly recommends them. And uh, so you want to take care of that with your own golf game as well. So really, really important, but there's other places to invest your money, you know, and I recently I, I was on a Facebook page and it was all golfers. And I said, uh, you know, how much, how much of the game do you think is mental? And, you know, kind of like Chi Chi who's who, what was his quote? Something like 85% is mental and 35% is psychological. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his math wasn't very good, but most of them were agreeing. And then when I ask people, well, how much do you invest in your mental game? And it's very little. It's, it's what they, you know, maybe during a playing lesson, they're going to learn, you know, think box, play shot, play box, pre-shot routine, visualize your shot, take a breath. You know, the things I talked about, which I highly believe in, and they will support you. There's a whole nother level to it. And that's the part I am so enjoying is going into and seeing what people's beliefs are in their unconscious mind and helping them shift their perspective on it and releasing some old negative beliefs. And then they're able to step in with confidence easier. Just like (laughs) oftentimes I'm in a clinic and I can tell someone just, they they can't let go of control. And I said, "Are, are you a control freak everywhere in your life? They're like, oh my gosh, how did you know? And then the perfectionist, are you a perfectionist everywhere in your life? So these beliefs aren't just golf. Golf shows the presenting problem. You know, I'll give you an example of that. One of my clients was uh, playing golf and she would never step away even if she was distracted. And she's a single digit handicap. And she said, no, I just say, no, go ahead and hit. And I said, well, what's that about? She said, well, I don't like to make people wait. And then she told me about this one time she was on the tee. It was a dog leg, right? And she said, I couldn't hit driver because I would have hit it through the dog leg. So I hit a hybrid. And I happened to hit just hit it horribly and I I topped it. And so I was, I was like embarrassed. And I now I know I have to hit another shot and I've got people waiting. So I I just walked up and I hit it. And she said, it was too much club. I hit it through the dog leg. And she was like, Oh my God. She said, I didn't even think. I didn't go through a pre-shot routine. I just stepped up and hit it. So when we I started asking her questions about what happens when people are waiting, what does that represent? And after a while. We got down to when she was a kid, her parents got divorced, and her dad would come pick her up for weekends or every other week. And he would say to her, and he would follow through with this if you're not outside, I'm not waiting. Wow. She learned not to make people wait because what would it represent? Her dad would be mad at her, and her dad might not love her anymore, or whatever her unconscious mind created. So your brain doesn't know the difference. Like when the, the person I was just teaching with control, I said, your brain doesn't know the difference of feeling out of control by letting this putter swing in a pendulum, nice and relaxed, or feeling out of control in an unsafe environment. It doesn't know, it just feels out of control and it has a representation, which for that person was out of control is not safe. What happened with my client was making people wait was just awful. <laughs> like they wouldn't like me anymore. That unconsciously. She's not thinking this consciously. So we cleaned that up for her. And and I and it wasn't like it was right after that. She said, Oh my gosh, Debbie, I actually stepped away and restarted my pre-shot routine because I got distracted. And then I went up and hit a great shot. And she said, now I'm able to take my time even after a poor shot or whatever. So uh your mind is so incredibly powerful.
1: No. And case. understanding is key. That is fantastic stuff. Debbie, I want to get a couple of playing lessons from you. And and one thing not enough of us do is warm up properly before we play. Many times we're rushing to get to the first tee. Then it takes us four or five holes before we settle down and actually start to play well. Talk about what we should do to properly warm up.
0: Well, I've actually created a warm up for your mental game as well. I have a pre-golf meditation where you literally get your mindset ready to go out and play your best golf and invite that flow state. The more you can calm your conscious mind, the more the greater chance you have to get in flow and be in the present moment. You know, just let me talk about flow state for a second. In that state you feel confident and relaxed and very patient. You know, and this is from Let let me let me there I got I got a quote here from Sir Nick Faldo, and this is how he described it. I'm aware of my surroundings, but acutely focused on each shot. My rhythm and tempo are in harmony and my with my mindset and mechanics. Completely engrossed in the process of playing. My thinking is crisp, and I get so in tune with my target that there's none of the mental interference that often accompanies competitive golf. That's Sir Nick foul, That's his experience, completely engrossed in the process. So it is important to warm up mentally so you can invite this state so where you can play in the present moment. Then you want to warm up physically, you know, and there are so many great fitness instructors out there and specifically golf fitness is really powerful and TPI trained people, which is titles Performance Institute, which is all about the physical body and warming up. But you definitely want to warm up your hips. A lot of people don't do that. You see them just kind of circle their shoulders a little bit and then, all right. And then they go and they start swinging, but literally warm up, warm up those hips a little by even, even just lifting the leg, you know, your knee up and then out to each side and do a few of those on each side. So those hips are important too. So warm up that way. And then Start with a short club. I can't tell you how many times I get to a lesson and the first thing they pull out is the driver. I'm watching on the range. Someone puts their club down, they take their driver, they take one or two practice swings and swing away if they even make the time, like you said, to get there. So you want to figure out for you what actually works as far as the timing. How much do you really need? You know, I'll, I'll use Nancy Lopez as an example. Now, this isn't your everyday golfer, but Nancy said she she knew exactly what she needed time-wise to get to the locker room, to warm up and do everything she wanted to do to be prepared to play. Part of that included signing autographs. So think of that. So she was like, all right, I know I'm gonna need this much time to sign autographs. I need this much time, this much time. So for you, for all of you out there, just kind of go backwards. Say, all right, I wanna get to the tea. Ideally 10 minutes before the tea time is what the course asks. So how much time do I need? And it doesn't have to be a lot, but it'd be great if it was something. And you want to definitely include putting. And here's the way, and I talked to Rob Labritz about this, who is now playing the uh, senior, the champion's tour. He he said, you know, take take a, a putt at three feet away, six feet away, nine feet away. And he said, not even lining it up, just get the feel, get the pace for each of those and do that a couple of times. And then go 12, 15, 18. And take and you want to know though. So for me, it's one big step is is one yard, right? Three feet, and I get the feel for the green doing that. And I go back to like twenty four usually. So now my brain has a number. When I'm on the course, I actually pace off my putts. And even what Rob said, and I was doing this before Rob, but Rob explained it even better. He said, you know, in every shot in golf, out on the fairway, you know your yardage, and all of a sudden, sometimes we're chipping and putting, we don't know our yardage or our feet you know, putting its feet. He said, so it's important for your brain to know it on all of them. That'll help those of you who have trouble with your lag putts, basically getting them close to the hole. If they're a long putt, you definitely want to start, do something differently, pace off the putt. So now you have not only a concrete number in your mind, you have a visual of the distance. You have a feel of the distance and you can put all of that together and get those putts knocked in close. So for warm up, if you can do mental, physical, start with a short club and work your way up to the longer clubs, maybe every other one. And again, you don't have to hit a lot of shots and then make sure you putt before you go out. If you only have a few minutes, I'd say in the car, take some deep breaths. And, you know, I have a meditation, a meditation I do, even, even if I'm driving and I know I'm running late for whatever reason. And we do, right. Sometimes we're working late, but we have this tea time and we, and golf's important. So we're just going to get there. We want to get on the course. You know, getting your mindset right, getting calm, taking deep breaths—if you can—a couple putts would be great. Then really do some physical warm-ups on the first tee, take a number of practice swing and then mindset: I've got this, I can do this, I'm ready to play, and go out there and play the best
1: you can. I love all of that, and I love that pacing the putt off thing. And, and and coincidentally, Rob's coming on the show next week, so oh I'll definitely I'll <laughs> definitely mention that to him during our conversation. He's the That'd best. Be- Debbie, one of the things we emphasize a lot on this show is short game. It's Tom Patrick's mantra, short game, short game, short game. And in another article, you talked about how often overlooked short game is, and that is what sets champions apart from the rest of the field. Talk about some of the things we need to do around our short game in order to be better players.
0: Oh, that's where you score. That is where the scoring happens. I played in a Southeast section tournament many years ago with Nancy Henderson. And that day she hit the ball all over the place. Like she was sideways almost on every tee shot. And when she got around the green, she would make one chip and one putt and save par all over the place. And then when she did hit a green in regulation, she was sinking a birdie here and there. And it was, it was rare that she was making worse than a par, but she made a couple of those. I am every fairway, every green, just about. And if I missed a green, I was making a bogey. I was chipping up, two putting. If I'm hitting the green, I two or three putted. We shot the same score. I hit the ball great that day. And I was looking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, if we put our games together, <laughs> <if> <laughs> I got us to the green and then she did the rest. We just shot nothing. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, it was it was one of those days and it just banged me over the head with, holy cow, I got to spend more time on my short game. That was so many years ago. And you do you hear it all the time and it just doesn't seem like it's as much fun. I would encourage everyone make your short game practice fun and challenging. Because a lot of people don't like to spend the time doing it, so how can you make it more fun? That's what I you you. That's what I'd suggest you ask yourself. What could make this fun for me? Could I challenge myself that I'm gonna um, get so many out of ten within three feet with this chip shot? I'm gonna play with someone else. Maybe maybe I'm gonna do one chip. This is what's highly recommended. One chip and then go putt and see what your score is, and then try to beat it. So if those of you who are competitive, make practice a game. If you you wanna just have fun, practice with a friend and laugh and giggle and have fun and have little silly challenges. You can watch uh, a short game area at a course when there's kids around. And you watch these kids and they are being so creative. They're like playing horse like you do in basketball. They're doing it with the short game shots. And it's so amazing to watch the creativity of these kids and that they're trying everything. They're doing a flop shot when they're, you know, a half a foot off the green. (laughs) All right, we're going (laughs) to flop it up over that hole and land there and, you know, leave it within three feet. And they're challenging each other and they're having a ball. They're just, they're laughing. They're having fun. They have got a little game going on. So ask yourself, how can I make this more fun? Now you can also practice at home. Uh, you know, I was, I was teaching putting in, in clinics. I I run corporate golf outings and, uh, I was doing one for Deutsche Bank and CME group the last uh, few weeks. And I was teaching putting and I was explaining how you could actually practice putting technique perfectly. And there's not many things you can practice perfectly in golf because here, and here's how you do it. Three things stay still in putting, right? Your head, your wrists, and your lower body. So I have a grip. I call it the uh, professional anti Scooby Poopy grip. <laughs> it's because you <laughs> want to get your wrist out of the shot. That's actually in my book: Golf Positive, Lip Positive. And and it's when if you're a right-handed golfer, you know, you take your lead arm, your left, you hold the very bottom of the putting grip, all the way down, rest it. It's going to be like a reverse grip. So if you're if you're left-handed, it's your right hand at the bottom. Let the grip rest on your forearm, and then with your stronger arm, hold the grip against your forearm, above where your watch would be. So if you're holding that, there's no way you can use your wrist. So that, boom, takes care of the wrist. And, And then I tell them, take a pillow, put it on the wall and stick your head on it. So now your head's not going to move. And then put a chair behind you. And then here's what you want to do with your lower body. Push those knees out a little. Once you get in your setup, push your knees out, tighten your thighs and your buttocks and your abs and really squeeze that. You can't move your lower body. And then your eyes will be set up over the golf ball and make your strokes using your big muscles. So you can literally practice at home and help yourself increase your short game talents and lower your golf score by, as Tom says, short game, short game, short game, but there's ways to make it more fun for you. So you want to do it.
1: Debbie, you are a driving force for the U.S. Solheim cup team. Are you a, you headed to Spain to this year's event in September?
0: Chris, I have 117 people going with me to Spain, and we are will be in our red, white, and blue. We will practice our cheers. I'll be leading them in the stands. You know, they have reserved seating on the first team now, and I've got about three-quarters of my group who are traveling who are purchasing those tickets. We're going to be all together. We're going to be as loud as we can over there in Spain. So, yes, 100%. I love that event. And uh, we have so much fun in the stands, you know, cheering for the team and we're a passionate, <laughs> passionate <laughs> fans. And we, we hope hopefully help out with team USA, let them know we're there supporting them. And uh, we'll be there throughout for sure. So thank you for asking about that. It's a blast. And I run my own two day golf positive cup and we do it match play. So they get a feel for what the uh, the 24 players are going through with the match play. And, the excitement of that. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. I just ordered our shirts today that I, that I get, everybody gets two shirts who who travel with me. So we have, we separate in teams and one day, you know, one team will have red on the other day, they'll have Navy blue on and then they'll switch the next day. So it's a, it's a great fun week. Uh, Not just the Solheim cup, but our entire week together in Spain will be awesome. So watch for me on TV. I'll be the crazy one uh, leading those cheers for sure. (laughs)
1: And we've talked about your book. At least we've mentioned it a couple of times tonight, but talk about golf positive, live positive lessons in golf and life where people can get a copy of it. And once they do what they're going to find inside.
0: Oh, well, well, Amazon is the best place to find that just look up golf positive, live positive. And each of those ends with an exclamation, golf positive, exclamation, live positive, exclamation, because I believe in celebrating. And to me, that is excitement and celebrating with that exclamation. So that's why the title has those on it. But what they'll find inside is my quintessential success formula, Core Triumph. And it is, it's a six step formula to achieve goals that you set. So the C is having a coach, you know, and I believe in if you're, you're serious about this golf game, you know, have a fitness expert and, and someone who knows golf, right? Have a mental game coach. Uh, at some all the pros do why not you especially if you want to get improve in your game even if it's just a little bit even if you're not majorly competitive what if you could have more confidence and have more fun out there wouldn't it be worth it to at least do something and and that's what I do and I'm gonna I'm gonna give everybody a gift if that's okay Chris for an upcoming course I have on the mental game of golf but um so that my my first book is you know with this core triumph so, so the coach. O is your outcome. You want to be really clear on your outcome. Set it like a smart goal. Uh, I go into that consciously and unconsciously in my course. And then the R is your reasons. Why Why is it important to you to achieve that goal? Because that's the motivation, truly. You know, I, I was doing a speaking engagement one time, also a professional speaker. And I was I asked everybody, who who really doesn't have time to work out? And almost everyone in the group. I said, what if someone came along and they said, all right, If you work out three days a week, at least 30 minutes for the next six months, I'm going to give you $50 million. How many of you could find the time to work out? And everyone (laughs) raised their hand. (laughs) Everyone. So it wasn't the time. It was the reason. It was the why. It was the purpose. And then the E is the execution plan. You know, make a plan of how you'll achieve it. And then the triumph, I broke that down. This is step five. The try and triumph means move, get started, be your number one fan, which I mean, I, I it's an acronym for me, focused action now. Take action right away. It's also a reminder every month, look back. How's my progress going? Has my execution plan working? If not, try something different, change it up a little bit. And then of course the exclamation, always have a, a celebration ready when you achieve that goal. And even the little goals on the way to the big one. So the the book's about that. There's there's fundamentals of golf. And then I take the golf lessons and I turn them into life lessons. So when I teach the pitch shot, then it's about getting over obstacles in life. And then I give some tips about how you can do that in life. There's lots of fun stories in there as well. It's 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 a fun read. It really is with a lot of uh, real good sound fundamentals for golf and life that I think everyone will enjoy. But my latest book, too, is the one on flow state. It's a it's an ebook. my the latest one. Um, which i'd love to give everyone a copy of that if they'd like to to get a free download of that one
1: That's fantastic. How can they do that?
0: Sure. So if they text and if you and maybe you can get this written down for them too somewhere. Yep. Here's the phone number. They can text the word flow to 727 339 0106. So they can they just the word flow we'll give them a a link to the download of this book. It's the seven principles for lowering your handicap with flow state golf. Um, and then here's the other part. What I mentioned was my upcoming, uh, it's called keys to being a champion. It's all about that mental game of golf and actually more golf mindset. So it's deeper than any, uh, you know, the typical golf mental game. Um, and that's coming up in July and uh, I'd love to share that with everyone too. It's the same text number, 727-339-0106, but text the word yes. So if you text yes to that, you'll get a link to Keys. Now here's the kicker, Chris. I mean, it's a great deal. It's about a thousand dollar value that I have for $97. But for everyone listening to your show, because I just think the world of you and your show, and I know you have the greatest golf fans in the world and golf you know, enthusiasts out there, There's a comp code I want to give them. And the coupon code for that for a comp is champion 2023. All you know, just lowercase, no spaces, champion 2023 get you in for free for it's a it's five days. Um and imagine after five days going out in the course and playing your best golf, because that's what happens to people who come to this course. And they're loving it. They're loving it. It's a it's a mindset shift that impacts every part of the game quickly.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, and I appreciate you, you're letting our folks come in for free because I have no question that five days after after they listen and after I listen, I'll be playing my best golf, so I'm sure they'll be playing theirs, and you're outstanding in so many ways. There's no question that this, uh, this is going to have a very positive impact on a lot of different things in people's lives. The, the other thing I want you to share, Debbie, is I enjoy your, you have a message almost every day a video positive message that you put out on social media, whether it's on Facebook or LinkedIn. Talk about doing that and how our listeners can find you on LinkedIn and find you on social media to kind of get this sort of complete package, if you will, of the golf positive world that you put out into the, into the, uh, out into the universe every single day.
0: Oh, thanks, Chris. You know, I started with an In Motion Monday and a Fun Friday. That's where it started. And then when COVID happened, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do more. I want to, I want to speak into people of, you know, have faith. And I know this is a hard time and give them some understanding and then give them some tools to help get through this crazy time. So I went on seven days a week, live on Facebook. And then it also went to Instagram and LinkedIn. And then, then I, now I've pared it down to five. So I, I've thought about going less than that, but you know I'll, I run into people who I never see comment. You know I'm sure this happens to you. You're like, oh my gosh, you listen to the show, never hear from them, never see a comment, a like or anything, and they're like, hey, I know you're, I know what you do each way, it, each day. It's in motion Monday, talk Tuesday, uh, wellness Wednesday. Well, it's 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 also, you know, it's wellness it and workout Wednesday. So it's both. And then Thoughtful Thursday and Fun Friday. So I do that uh, you know five days a week and it's on both. So LinkedIn, it's Debbie O'Connell. You can find me there. I'm not sure what goes on the end of it, but uh, Debbie O'Connell, the, the company is Golf Positive. You find it there. On Instagram, it's um, the O'Connell has instead of, it goes O underscore C underscore. So with Debbie O'Connell. Those that's the difference there. And then on Facebook, it's uh, look just search for Debbie O'Connell. I'm sure you'll find me. There's a the the picture on my main page is a picture of myself and my wife. Actually, you'll see that. Um, But uh, if you search search me, you'll you'll be able to find them. Find me on on all those mediums. And I love to share. I love to. I like to help people have a different perspective or give them a different way of looking at something in a more positive way or help them have a a you know, something fun to laugh at. Fun Friday is basically, you know, laugh with me, laugh at me. It doesn't matter. A lot of times I'll have a wig on and I'll sing and, and just to say, (laughs) Hey, it's fun Friday, get out of your comfort zone, go have a good time. And uh, so truly we have, I try to do something silly on Fridays to, to make a point, right? Don't take life too seriously or yourself.
1: (laughs) There you go. Well, Debbie, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show for a 12th time now. I always love having you as part of the show, just as everything about you is. It's a positive, fun, and I smile a lot. I've said, to, I've told you this many, many times. Every time we get to spend time together, my cheeks hurt at the end because you've got me smiling so much. I can't thank you enough for coming back and sharing what you shared tonight.
0: Well, Chris, I appreciate you so much and this show. and all of the amazing golfers who are enthusiastic about this game, want to learn, want to get better. I value that in people and admire, and I want to applaud them because that's just awesome as well. So thank you so much for allowing me to share. It's a privilege.
1: Absolutely. Take care, Debbie, all the best in your family. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. As you as
0: well, Chris. Thank you. Have a great one.
1: Thanks. You too, Debbie.